Hello, I'm Eddie Farah, founding partner of Farah & Farah, a personal injury firm in Florida and Georgia. Welcome to another edition of Florida Daily TV, brought to you by Farah & Farah. It's Florida Daily TV, brought to you by FloridaDaily.com. For all your news on politics, business, and education, it's FloridaDaily.com. Now, here's your host, Ed Dean. Welcome to another edition of Florida Daily TV, right here on FloridaDaily.com. I'm your host, publisher, Ed Dean. Of course, this is brought to you by Farah and Farah.com, serving you since 1979. Lawyers you can trust, that's Farah and Farah. Boy, I've been talking about this all the time on my radio show, been promoting this, and I've been telling everybody the big issue, well, one of the big issues that is at least in my top three, top four that I love to discuss is the business community versus the trial lobby. Some people say this issue may be overblown. Some say the trial lawyers, trial lawyers, excuse me, not liars, trial lawyers. You like that one, Dominic? <laughs> anyway, I like trial lawyers, but anyway. The trial lawyers, they say that the... Hold on. Okay. So here we go. So they say that the trial lawyers are overblowing this topic. The trial lawyers say that, are you ready for this, Dominic, that the business community is acting like the Democrats when it comes to stimulus making. In other words, they're blowing up this issue. Let's get into it. Let me play the clip. COVID liability, the business community versus the lawsuits. Here's the clip. If you get COVID-19 from a business or from work, can they be held liable? Well, state lawmakers are expected to give businesses limited immunity from COVID lawsuits. As an example of what kind of protections businesses are looking for, the Florida Chamber of Commerce points to a Pinellas County case where a man sued a restaurant after entering and not seeing anyone wearing masks. And while Florida leaders have limited their discussion on liability protections to essential businesses, other states that have passed similar legislation have also granted the protections to long-term care facilities and schools. All right, Dominic, I want to focus on businesses right now. So uh, some of the lawyers that, you know, we've talked about this, you've been on the radio show, we've talked about this. They say this is a manufactured outrage from the, I'm just telling you what a few of them have said, not everybody. Trial lawyers have said this is a manufactured outrage. This, I mean, there's, they say this is a prelude to tort reform. And they say, why do we need a COVID liability protection when they say we don't see a bunch of lawyers lining up to sue businesses? Dominic, kick it off. Thanks, Ed and Lizzie. Appreciate the, the conversation. Uh, Florida tax Force believes this is very, very important because we want to uh, and remove this from an issue of tort reform. I mean, there's there's a purpose and time for everything. This is about the worst pandemic in at least a, a century, a hundred years. And so, to enable Florida's economy to reset, to get back into the game, to make sure that we provide the maximum opportunity for all citizens. We just got to remove the artificial and unnecessary impediments that that would occur and remove those obstacles. So basically, we're trying to restart the economy by doing this. Florida Tax, which has done nonpartisan, independent uh, fact finding with an independent uh, economic firm, has found it's going to not passing it would cost three hundred fifty six thousand jobs and about twenty eight billion with a capital B billion dollars of personal income and gross state product. So. The point is, you want to make sure that we protect good actors, people that, uh, such as business organizations, it's churches, it's synagogues, it's nonprofit organizations, it's all kinds of uh, entities that are good actors. We want to protect the good actors and certainly penalize the bad actors. They ought to be held accountable uh, and, and brought to court or brought to bear if they're not going to follow any appropriate 
protocols and safety guidelines and the like from CDC and other kinds of All things. right. Great point. Right. By the way, Dominic Calabro is the president and CEO of Florida Tax Watch. Uh, Lindsey Brock here, he's also one of the legal commentators for the Florida Radio Network with McClock, McLeod Brock. Lindsey, here's the whole thing. Here's my question. First off, we call it the we call balls and strikes on this program. So why do we need to have all these lawsuits? I mean, you have a CDC guideline. A guideline is not set in the law. There hasn't been any new state statutes to mandate that businesses must comply with this and that. So why would you, not you, why do trial lawyers want to jump in on these lawsuits then if there's nothing been set and shown as a state statute that maybe a company may not be abiding by it? Well, that's just it. There hasn't been uh, an adverse effect on the, on the Florida economy. Look at how our state is performing compared to other states around the country. Florida isn't being impacted by any flood of COVID-related lawsuits. This law that they're proposing is simply putting another layer. And actually, I'm looking at it, I think it's unconstitutional because there is really no other alternative method for people who are perhaps get COVID. Because think about it. Here's how hard it is to do. Number one, you have to show that somebody there in that uh, restaurant, in that business had COVID. Number two, you've got to show that guidelines weren't followed, that they were negligent somehow, and that that actually exposed that individual to COVID-19. Hold on, back up, back up. Are you saying, I want to get to Dominic in a second, are you saying that there, that this is being overblown, that there aren't, I mean, I've seen a few of the ads in Orlando, but I will admit I haven't seen them advertised all over the place. Are you saying this is being overblown, that there isn't this epidemic or pandemic of lawsuits coming around the corner of businesses? That's exactly it. There's, uh, last check I saw, there was maybe about 400, which seems like a lot. That sounds like a lot to me. In the, in the legal world, that's a, that's a drop in the bucket. 400, Dominic, I didn't realize there was that many. To them, I it's small. It's a lot of, hey, if you're one of the 400, it's one too many. Absolutely. I get that. I get that. <laughs> but, but here's here's the real right. thing. This law is simply moving up the legal process. It's saying before you do any discovery, before I get a chance to say, hey, how many of your employees actually tested positive for COVID during this time that I was there? You've got to come up with a doctor that says, and then how are you going to do this? A doctor's got to say somebody in that place had covid they, they didn't wear a mask. They didn't do something wrong. And that's why this person got sick. Dominic, is the trial lobby overblowing the situation that would you just heard? Or is this pretty much a very simplistic bill? Or is this one of these, we, we won't know what's truly in it until we pass it? We're trying to avoid, we're trying to avoid a potential cataclysmic effect. So it's, it's not unlike, the, the first thing we want to do is help avoid just the, the unnecessary discovery, the, the actions to start with, to keep people distracted from restarting their business with a pizzeria, whether it's a grocery store, whatever it might be, it's a nonprofit soup kitchen, whatever it might be, we wanna make sure that they can focus on the recovery. And, and once we get through this pandemic, again, this is not for all kinds of suits, it's only related to COVID limited liability. So it's not entirely unlike what happened in 2006, when there was an effort to uh, modify a joint and several liability, there were very few court cases that actually rendered judgments. But what was happening by attorneys, not you, of course, Lindsay, you would never do this. <laughs> actors, that what they were doing was just, it was a, it was a form of, of, a, of, of a legal attacks. And so they would, in effect, I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating, if I will, but there's kind of a, a form of, of uh, seen as extortion to kind of like, look, we're going to push you, push you. Yeah, I know you could be 1% liable here, but but because joint several, you could be 
responsible for the entire suit. So instead of instead of uh, a limited, we're going to go after the whole case. So often they pay sixty thousand, eighty thousand dollars just to keep them at bay and remove. Okay, that. So see, yeah, I'm what, what you're saying. What we found out is that there was really very few judgments. A limited number of judges, like one point eight to settle out of court, point six million. Right. That's the point here. But what the money was involved is in the discovery and the getting legal counsel to okay. defend yourself when it's absolutely unnecessary and a distraction for Dominic. economic recovery okay. during the worst pandemic in a hundred years. I'm with you, but for the audience, let's not too much in the weeds. Follow me for a second. Lindsay says that the trial lobby. Hey, wait, okay, now 400 is a lot, Lindsay. I got to tell you something. That kind of blew me out of the water. Then there's thousands, by the way, nationwide. But, Dominic, let me ask you Lindsay and, and what we've heard from the trial lobby has said this is overblown. This isn't that many of them out there. You deal with the business community. I mean, you represent the business committee, one of the big groups out there. You look out for the ta- you look out for the back pocket. Was this a how did you guys come to this? Was this a big concern from the business community? Or is it the the law, the the, the legal committee that says, you know what? There may be some validity. This is nothing more than a segue for tort reform. Are there surveys out there where the business community says we got to do something because we see lawsuits knocking on the door? Is that what we've heard? Yeah, we just heard that and understood that. Look, we do not. Florida Texas looked at the research, and our our role really was to what is the economic impact of acting or not acting to protect good actors and penalize absolutely penalize bad actors because they harm everybody. They harm the good folks that are trying to protect and help grow the economy. So no, we're looking out for all the taxpayers. We're the eyes and ears of all the taxpayers of Florida. And this is actually going to be probably more adversely affect small to mid-sized uh, businesses and nonprofit organizations than, than necessarily uh, the, the large guys. But the bottom line is we want this to help in the recovery of Florida. And so our analysis really looked at, look, acting, Having a prophylactic or preventative measure here can save $28 billion. Does anyone want to throw away $28 billion and save 356,000 jobs? Killing us will do that. Lindsay, Dominic says, and he has a point on this. For years I've covered this as a reporter where, you know, most of these cases are plated out. You got some of these guys. I know he's not painting the broad brush on everybody, but he says a lot of these guys are going to try to come in knowing that most of this is going to be settled out of court. Hey, man, guess what? You guys weren't following certain guidelines, and they say this is the kind of thing that we want to have preventative maintenance instead of we need to be more actionary than reactionary. And I understand that. But here's a truth about the legal system in general. 98% of cases across the board in civil lawsuits settle before going to judgment. So the argument that, well, there's not any judgments, we need to come in here and protect all these frivolous lawsuits, there's already a mechanism in place. But but, but to that point, I mean, some people would agree with Dominic's view that this would help prevent that so we don't get, with his word, which is said, extorted. And, And I appreciate that. But let's look at the law. Let's look at the law. What does it say? It has what they call a good faith defense. If I'm a business owner and I have a made a good faith effort to try and comply with whatever standard is out there, and it goes all the way down to the local level. If I say, hey, listen, I'm following uh, Mayor Lenny Curry's uh, recommendations. I made a good faith effort. In other words, I tried. Is that really what we want in public policy is we're going to say, well, if you tried, then guess what? You're not going to be liable for anything. Hey, I want to do this, Dominic. Let me take a quick break here, real quick. I want to come back on the other side here to talk about that there is actually, this bill is actually being supported by some lawyers. And we want to talk about that coming up next. 
this is a good addition. I wanted to have this topic on liability, COVID liability, which is going to be addressed in the first, second week in the uh, Florida House and the Florida Senate. The state legislature begins in the first week of March. Again, this is Florida Daily TV right here on FloridaDaily.com, brought to you by Farah and Farah. Lawyers you can trust since 1979. That's com. More on the other side. When we come to work in the morning, we don't think about all the money we've won against big tobacco, big pharma, or the insurance industry. That's in the past. Life faces forward, and so do we. It's been said, to live in the past is to die in the present. What really matters is what we can do for you and your family right now, right this second. So call us, Farah and Farah, here for you, here for good. Welcome to another edition of Florida Daily TV. I am your host, publisher, Ed Dean, brought to you by, of course, right here on FloridaDaily.com by Farah and Farah, lawyers you can trust, serving you since 1979. That's Farah and Farah at FarahandFarah.com. Let's finish up the conversation. Lindsey Brock, legal commentator for the Florida Radio Network from McLeod Brock, my old friend as well, Dominic Calabro, who is the president and CEO of the Florida Tax Watch. So, Dominic, I hear a lot from the trial lobby, but you've got some elected representatives that are lawyers that do support this COVID liability protection law. Is that correct? Yes, I mean, it's true. But, you know, again, the, the biggest concern here is some want to position as, as a fight between business and, and the trial bar. I, I don't. I think it's looking at how can we protect a vast majority of Floridians, particularly those who act properly, not only in good faith, but actually act in good faith, not just try, but act in good faith so that the bar is risen a little bit higher during a pandemic that happens once every it happens in a hundred years. I mean, this is going to go, you know, pretty soon after 2021, 2022. I mean, it's going to be somewhat behind us. We don't want to have not only hundreds, but possibly thousands or tens of thousands, who knows, of, of unnecessary litigation lawsuits. We want the economy to get back in the swing of things. We want Florida to be the beacon of uh, economic growth, diversity, and uh, prosperity. All right. So, Dominic talks about, which is not a new issue. Tax Watch has been on this with other groups out there about litigation reform. Some of the lawyers that we have, uh, Lindsay, that will call up and bid on the radio show, as far as also the articles we've done on FloridaDaily.com, they say they believe in some areas, they think this is nothing more than just a prelude to try to get in the door of tort reform. Do you hear that from a lot of that in the legal community? Well, yes. Anytime you talk about restricting people's access to the courts, that's going to be something that opens the door to tort reform. Because that's really what this is about. This is about restricting people's access to the courts. And that's why I look at it. I say, I I think it's a solution looking for a problem. Because again, Florida is way out in front of the rest of the country as far as opening up with businesses. Our unemployment is way lower than everybody else around in the country. So I think there is no problem here that this actually fixes. And I think it's bad public policy because, again, I understand saying, well, we want to reward the good actors and punish the bad actors. But all it says is I made a good faith effort. I tried to get my employees to wear their masks. I tried to get them to wear gloves. Uh, And in order to be liable under this, it has to be gross negligence. And that's almost like intentionally saying, you know, I got I got COVID. <coughs> I'm going to rub it all over everything right. here. I know. But, but Dominic, so this is fun. We're having fun here today on the show. And everybody knows that. We all get along. But Dominic, how, how do you answer? I know you do more of the numbers. And, and I don't want – but you are a policy guy. You know what's going on. You're more than just the numbers out there. You also have a – you do a lot of uh, speaking throughout the state. What do you say in a discussion like this where – the lawyer and a lot of the legal lobby and firms out there say, Dominic, 
This is nothing more than a back door, but it's up front, a sneak way into a prelude for tort reform. Is it true? And how do you answer that argument? You know, look, I don't believe it's true. I believe this is very specific to COVID-19. It's not to pneumonia. It's not to any other kind of health-related activity. It's not related to any other activity. So first of all, it is focused there too. I think it's really designed to help restart Florida's economy. And part of the reason, Lindsay, that Florida has really done so well is because we've had a governor, DeSantis, has pivoted. So, you know, some say, well, he's changed his mind. Well, because the evidence warranted him to do so. We're not like New York. We're not like California, which the governor around California won't even let you go out on the beach. I mean, how insane is that? So, you know, I actually thought the economy was just going to really tank. And fortunately, back in uh, April or May, uh, the, the economy, uh, uh, the numbers came out that the gross domestic product nationally was uh, initially taking a reduction of 33 percent on an annualized basis. Right. Well, Florida had a one trillion dollar economy uh, annualized in like February okay, uh, of 2020. That would have brought it down to like six, uh, 700 billion, a 300 billion dollar loss. Instead, we're only losing about three or four percent. It's still a lot. The key here is not acting on this, not enacting some thoughtful legislation. And again, Lindsay, you know, let's fight. Let let go in there. I'm not in that that game. I'm just looking at the the scoring the points, the benefits, the consequences, economically, fiscally, of doing it, not doing it. Right. And there's 356,000 jobs that uh, independent economic analysis says will not occur if you don't have this protection and a $28 billion of personal income for Floridians. That's a cost now, that I think is too great to ignore. Right. Now, Lindsay, Dominic's numbers for years have been pretty much on target out there. So when you sit back and, and the trial lobby says, hey, listen, 300,000, give or take a couple, but 350,000 plus jobs, billions of dollars out of the economy. They're trying to make a comeback. You know, the government's, the government's just not throwing everything out there with money. It's very, very targeted and things like that. Is Do you think that the trial lobby's not being sympathetic enough to the business committee? Are you still thinking this is just a problem that's just coming out of thin air? I think it's, I think it's a solution that's looking for a problem. Because <laughs> when you look at the state of Florida, we've been at this for a year that we've been living with COVID. And look how great our economy has done. I was just hearing the other day that the governor said he hasn't even had to dip into the rainy day fund to keep the uh, government running here in Florida. So again, I look at this and I say, all right, I understand the concern of businesses, but the reality of what businesses are facing is something completely different than what is said in this thing. I mean, I was I was laughing when I saw the uh, the staff report on this and all the all of the background stuff that they were trying to put in there to create this necessity for it. Uh, it's I think it's solution looking for a problem, and I think it's just plain bad policy when you set the bar so low as a good faith effort, and then you set it so high of being actual gross negligence for someone to be responsible for exposing someone to COVID-19. Dominic, let me, you, when we do stories for Tax Watch, um, and we've never been accused of not properly reporting, I'm like, well, no, we got the numbers from Tax Watch, you know? It, nobody's ever, um, a few on the left have a, always had a, even some of the conservatives, um, because you guys are more conservative, but you are, by the way, your numbers are based on science. I like that one, Dominic. But anyway, what I'm getting at is that there are going to be people, I know you, you you do more than numbers out there. I mean, and I understand the business community, but Dominic, when, when there's stories or studies that are done to turn the economy around, everybody throws out 
less regulations, less taxes, but sometimes they're not specific enough. Was this one of these, when you looked at the numbers, businesses sat back and said, and I, I would assume if you looked at them inside, it would be big numbers. Hey, we're trying to make a comeback. We're trying to get this. We're trying to get that. And now we're worried that, again, if there's a guideline that's not a statute, we're going to get sued. It's going to be out of court. And guess what? Our business insurance is going to go through the roof. Is that what some of it also boils down to? You know, it's like anything else. I mean, what's going to happen if you have uh, bad actors that's doing as Lindsay is suggesting, people are not going to frequent those locations, not going to frequent those kind of places. So, but this, what this really does is say, I think it creates mutuality. It gives uh, the mid-sized small businesses, it gives the churches, the synagogues, the nonprofit organizations, the soup kitchens and like a sense of mutuality. Like, look, if I do my part and go the extra effort of, you know, keeping things clean, wearing masks, social distancing, all the proper guns, ensuring that whether it's temperature checks or ensuring people have vaccinations and the like, uh, I, I think they, they'll be protected. And, it's, and it encourages them to take those steps because if they don't, they are vulnerable to the accusations and then the discovery and all associated with it of being grossly negligent and, uh, and showing that they, they were bad actors. Hey. You're a bad actor when you don't take the proper steps to protect your customers, your employees, and uh, all those in, in the community. Lindsay, sounds legit. I mean, again, they're trying to be proactive instead of reactive. But you, again, you stand by what you're saying. You don't. You think this is overblown, right? I do, and I, but I agree with Dominic on this point. Okay. If businesses are not complying with guidance, not complying with the with the CDC guidelines, then people are not going to frequent them. So guess what? That means we're not going to need laws like this. It means you're going to let the free market determine. And if people sit there and look at it and say, yeah, you know what? I'm not really concerned uh, about this or, wow, I think this business has got some uh, real issues, uh, you know, then then there's a, there's a market force in there. So why do we need to protect businesses who are not doing exactly what's required? Because, again, that's the thing is the threshold is so low. A good faith effort to substantially comply All right. with a whole host of different things. Dominic, I mean, they do. But, but I want to say, Ed, and, and, and Lizzie, to your point, what we're really talking about, what this hopefully does is avoid uh, a lot of this so that we're, we're onto something else. It's really, in, in my view, the, the, the sense of mutuality that encourages a small business owner to go like, look, I want to do right by my customers. I want to do right by my employees. I want to do right by the community at large. And, and by doing that, now I have a better, an added incentive because if I do, not only will I have business, but also avoid the, um, the outliers of someone coming in and just trying to mess with me and, and, and extort me for other kinds of activities that I really had little nothing to do with. All right, let me do. So let I me, think that's really the idea of mutuality. Let me do. And also, at the end of the day, hopefully this is all going to go by the wayside. It's all going to be historical. I don't know. I think it's going to create a lot more. And it's going to be behind us. But hey, I like to talk. Okay, I want to do a rapid fire. In other words, give me a Reader's Digest. Um, Is the tri-lobby... Hold on, Dom, let me ask you, because I want to get Lindsay on this one real quick. How bad is the opposition from the tri-lobby? On a scale of 1 to 10, they oppose this in many cases, but I mean, compared to other bills we've seen, going back to the Jeb Bush days, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much are they fighting this, That you, the, the opposition that you guys are dealing with? What have you seen? Well, we're not the advocates for say, but I, mean, I know I, I believe that they're going. No, I believe they're going to. You know, this is their line of business, and it and look, it's just the way the system works. It's a check and balance, right. give and take. 
puts and calls. And I think they're going to fight very, very hard in every way. And, and, and it's quite understandable. That's the free market system of ideas. Right. And what our democratic republic is built upon. Um, the trial lobby, um, have they, or do you think they're not fighting this strong enough? Or do you think this is just a small one, but there's bigger ones down the, the road they may fight? I mean, I think that they are uh, opposing this. When you look and you see the people that have come out uh, in, in various hearings and everything, I think there's a strong opposition to it because – it is that slippery slope because now it says, oh, well, it's only COVID-19. Well, guess what? What's next? Uh, what's next? What are we going to add? Food poisoning okay. in there? We're going to add all these other different little things to where if there's a good faith, because that's the real concern. Are we changing the standard to reasonable care from reasonable care to a good faith effort? Dominic, quick question. Is this also that maybe some of the businesses' insurance aren't covering certain areas of COVID? This is the reason why they need the liability protection? I think what they want to do is avoid the unnecessary costs and distraction to get on with the economic recovery of Florida. That's really what this is all about. In fact, Lindsay, I was kind of thinking about it. You know, in one sense, you could say this could really be the trial bar association's membership development initiative. Uh, you know, kind of scaring everybody. Oh, we got to fight this thing. Never so, let a good I mean, crisis go to waste. <laughs> you guys have been, hey. Listen, you guys have been winning left and right since 2006 <laughs> uh, after the uh, the joint several liability reform. I had even caught Jeff Bush by surprise that 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 passed. We had an important role there, as you probably know. Um, it was a good one. It's beneficial. But you guys have been winning left and right one one thing after another. And you've had a lot of influence in the Florida legislature. So uh, I think this is moving on faster and a little better than I thought it would. Uh particularly in the House. But uh, the long short of it, we want to cover everybody. It should include, I know we weren't going to emphasize on it, but it should include all the uh, all those, not just businesses, nonprofits, organizations. That's the next fight. Charitable yeah. and the like. It's all not right. just businesses. It's everybody. Dominic, you've been great. I'm glad you dressed the part because I didn't have to. But listen, my good friend, Dominic Calabro, and uh, the president and CEO of Florida Tax Watch, Lindsey Brock, man, I know that uh, we, we we talk about a lot of other election stuff, but I wanted to bring in because this topic is not done. Oh no, this is going to be uh, this is going to continue, uh, and of course, uh, Lindsey Brock, uh, legal commentator with the Florida Radio Network, also with McLeod Brock. Another edition, a good Thanks, one, Lindsay. a good uh, one, Thanks, Dominic. Thanks, Lindsay. Good one of uh, Florida Daily TV right here on FloridaDaily.com. Brought to you by Farah and Farah, lawyers serving you since 1979. Lawyers you can trust. That's FarahandFarah.com. We're going to do it again real soon. Florida Daily TV right here on FloridaDaily.com. This episode of Florida Daily was brought to you by Farah and Farah. Don't let an accident wreck your life. Our legal experts are ready to fight for the justice and compensation you deserve. Call Farah and Farah.